Your Daughter Disney Podcast. I'm here with my very lovely mother sitting across from me on the table. Hi there. <laughs> I'm Jeanette. And today we're going to do our next deep dive into one of Epcot's pavilions. So today we're going to do the Morocco Pavilion, which is very, I, I planned this specifically. So today when this podcast episode comes out, it's September 4th. It's September 3rd. So the day before this podcast episode is coming out is my cat Morocco's Gakshu Day. And Morocco is indeed named after the Moroccan Pavilion in Epcot. I know that sounds strange because <laughs> Morocco is a real country, obviously, that we're going to deep dive into today. But the truth is, I would not have picked the country Morocco if it was not a part of the World Showcase in Epcot. So she, I always say she is named after the Moroccan Pavilion. And again, the, we have been together now for four years, me and my little kitty girl. So she's four years old. I adopted her when she was three months old. But yeah, so happy gotcha day to, to my little kitty girl. <laughs> and today we're going to do a deep dive into the Moroccan Pavilion. Morocco is one of my favorite pavilions of the 11 World Showcase pavilions. I think it's so detailed. It's so in-depth. So, so yeah, let's it dive is. into Very it. Pretty. Yeah, for sure. All right. So this pavilion was the first expansion of all the pavilions and then opened on September 7th, 1984. So it's not one of the OG pavilions. Again, there was nine OG and then two more were added. Morocco was the first one that got added on September 7th. King Hassan II actually sent Moroccan artists and designs to help create all of the mosaics and the design of the pavilion itself. However, due to Islamic religious beliefs on of the content of art, the mosaics contain no representations of people, which I thought was interesting. Oh, okay. And I never thought about that. As someone, mm-hmm. I am not Islamic myself. I have, You don't even notice that cultures. it doesn't have the depiction. That's what everything saying, else I never is even so thought intricate about it. and beautiful. Yeah. You don't even think about it. Yeah, and I, because I'm not as familiar with the religion, I never would have thought about that either. So The pavilion itself represents three main cities in Morocco, including Casablanca, Fez, and Marrakesh. All right, so the sponsorship of the pavilion. So the Moroccan government sponsored the pavilion when it first opened up until October 21st, 2020, and then that is when Disney took ownership over the pavilion. I'm going to read this next part word from word. I have all my links and all my, my sources in the description below. So if you want to check out those links, make sure you check those out. But in April 2020, the Marrakesh Moroccan restaurant LLC filed for a PPP loan of one to two point million dollars in order to retain 260 jobs through the uh, through of those funds required. And again, the, remember this is during COVID. So in September of that year in 2020, Walt Disney World then filed a UCC financing statement or a type of lien with the state claiming collateral against in quotes all goods, inventory, the furnishing, the furnishings, and all other items of personal property belonging to the debtor, which may or may not be put into the facilities and all the proceeds of the foregoing. So with Walt Disney World poised to take over the pavilion in case of default or bankruptcy, as things are going downhill pretty quickly, um, Walt Disney eventually ended up taking over the pavilion itself. So again, during that, essentially what all of that is saying in like legalese terms is that the company who owned like the government, the company who owned the Moroccan pavilion because of COVID likely were basically faulting on the money because, you know, there's no one going to the parks. They lost all the money. Again, because they owned that pavilion, all the money they were making on the pavilion, they were making their own profit from it without people coming to the parks. Of course, they lost a lot of money. And so because Disney didn't want that section of the park to go into the bankruptcy, they ended up taking over that part of the park. So Disney took over the pavilion entirely. Now the Moroccan embassy and the Moroccan tourism board are continued to work with Disney as more of like cultural consultants, but they no longer have any ownership. And Morocco was one of the few pavilions that was completely and independently operated as a showcase pavilion up until 2020, where now Disney completely operates it in itself. So very interesting kind of what happened there because- Yeah, I didn't realize that that's why they gave it up. Yeah, I, I kind of knew- I feel like I've, I've also heard rumors. I didn't find any information of this necessarily online that I think the people, like the actual individuals who were, you know, in Morocco and in Disney, I think had disagreements on what was going on, probably about the money is when I'm assuming oh. like financial disagreements. That's always a reason. Yeah. So that is another reason why they decided to part ways. So it does make sense though. However, if you remember, or if you were not in the parks when they first opened after Epcot, Morocco was probably the last pavilion to kind of bounce back. Like for instance, all of the gift shops were closed. There was just nothing, like absolutely nothing. Even right. the restaurants basically the had restaurants, nothing. The restaurants, it was nothing. 
And that was because Disney did not have the imports set up yet with Morocco to import like, you know, the the authentic leathers and the bags and the the rugs and the, the clothing from the Morocco links, yet. Right. Yeah, so they didn't have anything to do that. Whereas the other pavilions that Disney owned and operated had all those imports set up already. So when they reopened, they were able to reopen up those imports. Whereas with Morocco, they had to set up everything entirely. Yeah, that makes of sense. course, importing mm. internationally takes a long time. You need permits, you need certain things. There's a lot right. of taxes involved. So now Morocco is operating again under a much more seamless, like if you go there, there's, you know, there's stuff to buy. There's restaurants, there's food to eat. Right, they opened up the little um, gift shops across the way by yeah, the lake. Sure. Like I said, the only thing that hasn't reopened is the big restaurant. Yes, Marrakesh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's interesting to think about because again, I hadn't really thought about that myself when Morocco reopened. Like I knew, you know, I just thought I was like, oh, all the pavilions are experiencing import problems because of COVID. Right. Oh, yeah. But yeah, apparently Morocco was experiencing some of the worst. Right. Also, that w- would have been wild if Morocco was the only pavilion to go bankrupt out of all 11. <laughs> Can you imagine the headlines of there? One pavilion <laughs> One out of pavilion. all of them has gone bankrupt. Locks on all the doors. Yeah, like how does it even work? So, <laughs> yeah. And I imagine too, Disney probably has lost a lot of money in that deal as well. They probably had to pay a lot of money in order to take ownership over it. So right. just kind of interesting in that sense. But again, Morocco is still involved with the pavilion. It's just they just no longer own and operate the pavilion. So, all right. So onto some of the landmarks in here. I'm going to apologize for all of my pronunciations. I do not speak Moroccan myself. Again, I don't speak any other languages. If any other language, I speak a little bit of Italian, but not even that much Italian. Sorry. So that main prayer. So when you walk up to the pavilion, you kind of see this main large tower kind of there, the main prayer tower. That is based off the Katubia Minaret of Marrakesh. And it is a prayer tower of the 12th century mosque. The real mosque in Marrakesh in Morocco is 77 meters tall or 253 in height. It can be seen from like 30 miles away to hmm. one of the tallest okay. structures in that area. Remember, this is like a desert, so it's pretty flat. So you right, can see it from see pretty it from far, from away. far away. It was first built in 1147 and then rebuilt in 1158 under a new ruler. So the, the real mosque in, in Marrakesh, again, 1158, is currently oh. 2023 as of recording. That's how old is that mosque wow. there, which That's is amazing, amazing to think about. It is decorated with varying geometric art motifs and topped with a spire and metal orbs. And it is a classic and an important example of, of Almohad architecture and of architecture in a very general sense in Morocco. All right, so once we kind of you move into the pavilion, there's kind of that little square. There's a, there's this lovely, beautiful fountain that's in the mm-hmm. middle. It's very picturesque if I'm saying. And then right behind the fountain, there's this big arch. The arch is called the Bab Bajajould. So sorry. It is an ornate city gate in Fez, the city of Fez, to Fez El Bali, which is the old city of Fez in Morocco. The current gate, the real one, was built by the French colonial administration in 1913 to serve as a grand entrance into the old city of Fez. And then once you go inside of that gate, both in real life and also in the pavilion, there is a bazaar type atmosphere. A bazaar is kind of like a market type atmosphere with lots of traditional Moroccan goods on display for sale. So I love how they actually did that, that when you walk mm-hmm. into the old city of Fez, it's the same same, same thing. Feeling. You're walking into like, a, mm-hmm. it's called a bazaar, but a market type feel. Right. Obviously, Epcot's going to be much smaller, but it's... <laughs> Um, like every other pavilion. But. Yep. All right. So again, once you also walk in, or once you're kind of staying in the pavilion, to the left is the Fez house. The Fez house actually has a little sign on it. It's an accurate representation of a traditional Moroccan home. And when you walk in, you may smell sandalwood and spice. It is covered in beautiful mosaic tile. Mm. Colored glass lanterns are hanging from the ceiling. And while the house is technically two stories tall, we as guests can actually only enter the first floor area. I have looked before. You cannot go up to the second floor no, area. No, you can look I've, up and see. Yeah, I have wanted to. Second floor. There are benches and 
all four corners of the room. And while it's not technically air conditioned, this room, because of all the tiling and because it, there's no, there isn't really direct sunlight, there's some direct sunlight. It can be quite cool in that area mm -hmm. because of the tiling. There's also a faux fountain in the back where in a traditional home that would be a working fountain. And there have been rumors, and I say rumors, I've heard people positively saying this and other people saying rumors. The guests say if you're sitting in the Fez house during quiet hours, you can hear murmuring and conversations. And apparently it's a detail that Disney's added in because it's as if the family who really lives there is just upstairs, just out of sight, just in their home hanging oh, just, out. Oh, wow. Yep. Cool. So I, I think that's really cool. I have never really been there and sat there for a We've long time. We've never been there when it's been like quiet listen. enough, I don't think. Yeah, so some yeah. people thought at first they were like, they were just hearing things, you know, mm -hmm. they're in there. It's like, oh, I'm just hearing sounds. Like you're in Disney World, there's lots of sounds. And other people have confirmed saying that it's like, no, there it's, you know, an actual audio track of like murmurings and conversations cool. as if the family's in their home, just upstairs out of sight. Also a very lovely wedding spot. I would say there is one of the spots you can pick to get married in, take photos in. Of, I would I would recommend it because I think it's so beautiful. And of course, again, I literally named my cat after this <laughs> pavilion. So I love Morocco so much. All right. So for some of the shopping, there are a lot of shops in this pavilion itself. They all have different names. Again, they're all kind of in that bizarre type of uh, type of area. So we have Tangier Trades. They sell jewelry, Moroccan clothing and shoes, mirrors made from camel bones and daggers. There's the Brass Bazaar, which is where they sell like mosaic fountains and brass silver plates and mirrors. You can also get the little Aladdin lamp type thing. There's Casablanca carpets where they have decorative throw pillows, prayer rugs, ceramic plates, and lanterns. This is Souk al Majreb, which sells belly dancing, how-tos, couscous, other cooking utensils, and kind of like foodie type items, fez hats, and rose water. And I realize now I have to go to Morocco and get a mini fez hat for my cat. Because <laughs> when we were in the Mexico pavilion, I got her a little mini sombrero. Did they sell little mini fez hats? They have to. I imagine they have to. I don't know. Um, I don't I seeing them. The last okay. time we were there, well, they used to have them, I think, back in the day. I yeah. think now with the imports, it opened I know they're the big the ones. Pavilion. I don't remember seeing the little ones. They have to have a little mm -hmm. fez hat. I have to get my cat a little fez hat. Okay. She looks so cute. <laughs> I did jam that sombrero onto her head. She was a taco <laughs> last year for Halloween, so she was a taco with a little sombrero. I know that's a very stereotypical Mexico, but you know, just roll so, with it. She's a cat. So right. but she looks so cute in that little sombrero. Not that the sombrero was made for cats, it was just made for no, like it was a decorative made as a de it's just like a little decorative little um, But I mean like it was perfect cat size though for her right. little head. <laughs> right. And there are two stores that are no longer open in Morocco. So there was an outdoor bazaar that was an extension of the brass bazaar that uh, that sold items of like decorative ceramic tiles and vases. And there's also the Medina Arts, which again was more ceramics and baskets. However, now that area has reopened. However, they don't sell the extension of the Brass Bazaar. I would say now they sell more of like Moroccan Disney inspired items. So for instance, they have a really cool collection of Jasmine items mm. there. So Jasmine shirts, Jasmine like like bags, things like that, things to do with Jasmine and, and the Aladdin movie in itself, as well as things for like the Moroccan pavilion. So you can get things that says like Disney's Moroccan pavilion, like with Mickey right. on it or like a Mickey pin or something like that. So again, it's still Moroccan themed items, but more of like the Disney Moroccan themed yeah, they items. Did add the Disney once Disney took over yeah. they did add those Disney yeah rather than just in. all of the authentic Moroccan items right. which you can still purchase of course again that's just going to be inside the pavilion itself so you can still right. get all the beautiful leather bags and the, and the clothing we always see some of that clothing I'm always so tempted especially with some of the shoes they look so cute they there. are cute some of their bags yeah, last some, time some their leather bags were beautiful too yeah. that they had cotton in some of their leather shoulder bags yeah were for sure. beautiful yeah so absolutely love that so much though mm. all right so for entertainment so the main entertainment in Morocco is the gallery of arts and history museum that's located inside the Moroccan pavilion in the Ville Nouvelle or New City. However, these exhibits change out periodically. So the current exhibit is the Race Against the Sun. We have not seen this exhibit with our own eyeballs yet, but I really want to go see the Race Against the Sun, Ancient Technique to Modern Competition. I didn't even know they had one of those museums there. Yeah, I knew it was there, but we just never really walked into that area, if I'm being honest. Huh. So, and I think it was I closed the, the last- I was gonna say, I thought it was, it was closed because we did the whole- Because it only opened right before COVID in 2019. So it only opened a little bit before we okay. got there. Then it was 
closed for closed. a while after even the pavilion reopened, yeah. but now it's officially reopened and you can yeah, we'll see have to do exhibit. that. I've not realized that they had yeah. that. Okay. So the Race Against the Sun exhibit focuses on the Marathon of the Sands, which is a six-day, 250-kilometer ultra run across the desert. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? And I am a long-distance runner, which is why, to me, this exhibit does kind of interest my, my, my own uh, mm, personal interest. That's a long distance. So on display is the race gear and trophies that Moroccan competitors and other world competitors mm. have done. There's also a slideshow about the landscape and the people of Morocco inside the gallery. Mm. And again, if you're interested, there's also you can also book a free 45-minute Treasures of Morocco tour to really immerse yourself in the culture as well. And there's also a section two called Culture of the Desert, which is a section dedicated to the Berbers, who were the original inhabitants of the desert and kind of how they survived. So the clothing that they would wear, the ways that they would mm. obtain water. So it's very interesting. So here too, I'm just going to read a little bit from one of the plaques inside of the, the Race Against the Sun thing for the nutrition. So give I'm going to move my mic closer as I, it's very small. All right. So for nutrition, runners must begin the race carrying a minimum of 14,000 calories to last six days. While pre-practiced energy bars are the norm, many Moroccan runners like two-time female champion Toad Didi packed calorie-dense food like Selku, a treat typically associated with Ramadan, a Muslim holiday observed in the month of daytime fasting. These bite-side cakes pack in calories and nutrients with toasted, unhullied sesame seeds, fried almonds, sugar, and spices. Pushing the human body to its physical limits in an environment as challenging as the Sahara Desert requires training, discipline, and a lot of fuel. It also says here too that runners averagely drink 12 liters of water per day, rationed out in increments. Oh, wow. Um, and there are special checkpoints a lot along the way to check their health. Runners typically will consume, over a course of six days, 120,000 liters of water, which is enough to fill a swimming pool the size of a semi-trailer, which is crazy. Oh my God. I know, right? So this is one of those crazy ultra runs. I don't, I'm well, not an ultra runner. That's dedication. I know, I'm just a marathon yeah. runner. I don't do ultra runs. So a, a marathon is 26.2 miles. So again, you're running, what did I say before? Like 26.2 miles is about 40 kilometers. So they are running 250 kilometers. <laughs> so literally like so many, so much more over the course of yes. so many days, of course, a, a tough landscape. You're yeah, literally so let's in the take the landscape, desert. the heat, the sand, yeah. the dryness. Yeah, let's put it all in there. I know, right? So crazy though. But yeah, that is, that's the main, I say main entertainment, so to speak, but the main thing you can kind of go do. And yeah, see. we have to do that because I think that sounds interesting. Yeah, there's no other rides or, or shows. No. They did. So there were some former entertainments. So up until September 30th, 2015, they used to have the Mo Rockin', which is a rock and roll music set to Arabian rhythms. All, however, during the festivals, they do still use that stage where certain artists will come out and perform kind yeah, of music. Yeah, they still, we passed music. last time they had people performing. Yeah, but and it's every not once in like, a while, the belly dancer comes out yep, also. Yeah, so it's yes. not set like how Mo Rockin' was like a thing. Mm -hmm. This was, this is like for the festival. So you really right. only see it during festival times. There also used to be the Manette Oriats, which was a Moroccan musical dance act, and that stopped in during COVID in, in 2020. There was also a storyteller, Tarji, which shares the customs surrounding the Moroccan celebration of Ramadan and Ashuri. And it says this is seasonal to Christmas. So I wonder again during Christmas time when this will come back. Oh, yes. Yeah, so all the countries have their. Um, yeah, like their, their version Santa, of Santa, so yeah. to speak. So, yeah, so that's what, what theirs is. We may see that in December. Yep. And they also do have a meet and greet with Aladdin and Jasmine here. So there is a formal meet and greet area where you can meet these two characters, both Aladdin and Jasmine, sometimes together, sometimes separate. Mm -hmm. So you just have to like make sure you, you check that out. So, all right. I guess I didn't go over the what the, the details of the actual, like the rock that's there too. But yeah, all the coloring, the painting, the 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 way you walk through the pavilion itself. Again, the, the King of Morocco sent his own advisors over to help create this, right, this pavilion. Create, it is authentic. Yeah. And they did theme a lot of these mm -hmm. things to areas of, you know, the different areas of Marrakesh. And that's mm -hmm. going to be even more so now when we get into dining. The main restaurant that's currently here is Spice Road Table. This is a Mediterranean restaurant that's along the World Showcase Lagoon. And it is inspired by the outdoor cafes along Morocco seaside. You do need a reservation for this restaurant. And again, his advisors did come over. And if you look at the details of the Moroccan tiling that's there, mm -hmm. of the way that the restaurant actually sits along the water, it's supposed to be quite 
authentic if you go to the Moroccan seaside. I have not been to Morocco. I would love to go to Morocco, but I can't wait to go to Morocco and see a little seaside <laughs> restaurant and be like, that's, that's spice for a table, like. you know? Yes. All right, they also have Tangerine Cafe, which is their quick service restaurant. They serve things like hummus, salads, chicken, mm. other like little desserts as well. And they also have like coffee, teas, things like that. And it's sort of served in like a cafeteria type style. Like mm-hmm. it looks, you can sit in there sort of like a cafeteria and there's is some outdoor seating as well. And they also have Oasis Sweets and Sips, which is also along the lagoon. And this is where me and my mom actually got an almond crescent cookie there. Mm-hmm. And that's actually on the list. We also had um, stuff at the Tangerine Cafe too. Yeah, but I had outside. things there as well. Yeah. And they also have like exotic drinks. They say exotic mm-hmm. drinks, a frozen cocktail in Sangria is also sold mm-hmm. here as well, but all the other fun cocktails. And of course, do during all of the pavilion, all, all of the festivals, sorry, like during the Flower Garden Festival, Food yeah, and Wine Festival, right. they have their own booth for Morocco that will sell even more Moroccan foods and have mm-hmm. special things just for just for the festivals. And closed, as my mom said before, the Marrakesh was a restaurant that was all the way in the back of the pavilion. It also served a menu of Moroccan and other Arabian dishes for both lunch and dinner. It has been closed since COVID and has not reopened. There's been no word on if it's going to be reopened or not. There has been rumors that Disney has a permit to do construction in that area. So I wonder if they're going to do something in that it's area. It's a wasted space at this point. They would is, probably yeah. be better opening up some kind Either of open Mediterranean it as a restaurant, restaurant. Or if they open it maybe as another quick service, they could open it, mm-hmm. maybe do a show back there or something. I'm yeah. not really sure. I, they could do like I'd, a whole... I'd say a nice Mediterranean restaurant would probably be their deal to go. Well, I guess the thing is though, because they already have Spice Road Table. Mm-hmm. So would they have two restaurants? I mean, like mm-hmm. they could. Italy has two restaurants, you know, sit down restaurants, you know. Other... Yeah, it's true. Yeah, Italy does. The Mexico Pavilion does. So like other yeah. pavilions do have two full de- fully sit down yeah. restaurants. Japan that restaurant too. when it was open actually had entertainment too. We, we, yeah, they had the we belly ate dancers, there once. Yeah. They had the belly dancer that mm-hmm. used to come out and do the show and stuff. But that is a, it's a big space. So you would yeah. think that they would want to make and use of it. And I think it would it. be sad if they just took it down because mm-hmm. again, going back again, mm-hmm. the King's own advisors, they hand tiled this restaurant apparently right. and really made it quite authentic to a fancy restaurant that you'd see in Marrakesh. Right. So I hope they, I mean like, I can't imagine Disney would take away the authenticity of no, it. I, I would, just wonder how they would rebrand the space. It. Or maybe they're just going to open up as the restaurant again. They're just, you know, maybe. getting ready. You know, maybe they're just like, you know, polishing off the tile or something like that. I mean, I guess we'll see. Oh, so inside of the, again, the little market area, there is also now they have more seating inside of that area. And that's also where the Kid Cot area is right. too. So again, in that market, once you kind of go fully into the pavilion underneath the arch, you kind of go inside a little bit too, actually. But yeah, there's more seating and there is the Kid Cot area too. And over well. there, there was a little bar that was serving yeah, drinks. Yeah, they just recently stuff. added yes. like a little area. They just for, like, added like a little like, you know, well. bar where you could go up yeah. and get a drink. Yep. But yeah, that's the last dining. So a lot mm-hmm. of dining options actually in this pavilion yes. that I didn't even think about. So mm-hmm. the ti- so one last little fun fact is that the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror in Disney's Hollywood Studios can be seen at an angle from the Mar- Moroccan Pavilion. Oh, really? So for instance, if you huh. are standing across the World Showcase and you look out into the World Showcase, you will see the Moroccan Pavilion. And in the far distance, you can see the top of Tower of Terror. Oh, cool. Now the Disney Imagineers knew this. And because they knew this, they made sure they to make the back of the Tower of Terror look to blend in with the Moroccan Pavilion so that it all seamlessly blends in with each other, which wow. I think is really great. Attention yeah. to detail. Yep. So I give Disney, Disney credit for every time. Attention yeah. to detail. And that's what it says here too. Yeah, the top of the tower is designed so it blends in with Moroccan mm-hmm. architecture. So again, kind of all going back to what the what the king, what was his name? King Hassan II all, mm-hmm. all did. Yeah, that was kind of our little deep dive. I'm sure I'm missing a lot of information. I will admit I did have to rush this one a little bit. I didn't have as much time to deep dive into everything <laughs> as I normally do for our pavilions. But there's still a lot there, I feel like. So it's still a lot of interesting items about the Moroccan pavilion that yes. I didn't even, I didn't know about before, though. Yeah, I didn't know a lot of that. And like yeah. I said, it's always so interesting because when you walk through, it does feel so authentic when you see all that tile work and you see everything that they have. It is it is amazing. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Yeah, I've never been to Northern Africa before. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like one day we'd love to go to, go to Africa in general. But we'd love to see Morocco too in Africa. So especially too that Africa has a lot of the same feel, like the Northern part of Africa has a lot right. of the same feels and vibes as like the Middle East. So 
there's like very like much Middle Eastern, Northern African culture, mm-hmm. which is really great to have along. Well, that's why I think there are so many. If they open that restaurant up again, I think they would get a big following. And I remember that restaurant being a lot. The food was a lot heavier than what's at Spice Road Table right now. Yeah. So I think they could do it in the fact that Spice Road Table's dishes seem to be lighter than when we went to that restaurant. So I think if they did that, they could really supplement. And I think they would do a really good business. And I think whatever they opened it up as, they would get a lot of people, you know, yeah, coming no, and sure. going. No, love the Moroccan pavilion. Mm-hmm. Love going there. Love being there. Great photo ops too. <laughs> right. Again, in that beautiful fountain in the front. I love that mm-hmm. fountain so much. Again, my cat is literally named after this, this pavilion, my cat Morocco. She's a little tortoise shell. So, all right, that is all we have for the Moroccan pavilion. So now we'll transition into some Disney news. So as we are at the beginning of the month, we are going to go over what's new on Disney Plus. I didn't forget this month like I did in July. So I've broken this down again into different sections of items rather than going chronologically of what's coming out in order. So for our big releases, first we have the new Ahsoka TV show, the Star Wars TV show Ahsoka. There's been weekly episodes every week, so make sure you're keep, keeping up with Ahsoka. I love Ahsoka Tana. She's one of my favorite Star Wars characters. So absolutely loving this show right now. The Little Mermaid is coming to Disney Plus on September 6th. This is the only one I'm mentioning the date because it's coming out in a few days. Hmm, so if you quick. saw yeah, if you saw Little Mermaid in theaters a few months ago, it's now coming to Disney Plus. I do feel like it is pretty quick. But, I feel like back in the day used to wait like a year or two oh years God, for yeah. it to come now to streaming or something. Quick. But yeah, now everything's coming quick. But so excited for it to come though because I do love the Little Mermaid. I Am Groot season two is coming out this this month and also Lang Lang plays Disney which is an exclusive one night concert at the Royal Albert Hall. It is an arrangement of popular Disney songs by the world-renowned pianist Lang Lang. So I'm actually kind of excited for that too because I love piano editions of songs and I can hear it from like such a famous pianist which is going to be so cool. Also I Am Groot season two I'm sure it'll be great. I did not watch I Am Groot season one so I can't speak too much to that show but I know a lot of people are looking forward to that if you're a big Guardians of the Galaxy fan. All right so for cartoons I only have one item in this section we have Miraculous Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir season five which is crazy because if I'm being honest have not heard of the show before. It looks like it's two high school superheroes capturing Akumas. I don't really know what that is. I'm sure that's something in the show itself and they don't know each other's identity. <laughs> all right so for some Disney shows this is all from the most part kind of like Marvel TV shows. We have the Marvel Studios Assemble the Making of Guardians of the Galaxy volume three so kind of behind the look scenes of how they made the movie. We have Raven's Home season six which is the new show after That's So Raven so kind of Raven and Chelsea all grown up taking care of the kids type of thing. We have Master and Apprentice, a special look at Ahsoka, which is going to be a behind the scenes look at how they created the, the TV show Ahsoka. Marvel Studios assembled the making of Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion was a Marvel TV show that came out a few months ago now. And again, behind the scenes look of how they made this. Basically making a second show for every single TV show they made of how they made the show, which is kind of funny. And because they also have Marvel Studio Legends, a deeper dive into the behind of the lore of Loki, which is another <laughs> the Loki, Loki TV Loki. show. Loki is a good TV show though. I, I do like that one. And then we also have Disney's Launchpad Season 2, which is a short film collection featuring six Disney short films. All right, in National Geographic, so some other new things coming up for National Geographic. We have 9-11, One Day in America, Season 1, which will be six episodes doing a deep dive kind of into that day of 9-11. We also have the 2000s Greatest Tragedies, which is a special documentary going over, uh, very interesting, the greatest tragedies of the 2000s. I wonder what they're going to consider the greatest tragedies of the Mm, 2000s, but I guess we'll see. (laughs) As, As this is the beginning of September, there are a lot of a lot of 9-11 documentaries coming out. So the mm-hmm. next one is Bin Laden's Hard Drive, which is also another special documentary about the day that he was killed. And there's also a special, again, this is the last 9-11 one, the George W. Bush, the 9-11 interview, which is an exclusive interview with former President George W. Bush as he recounts the day's events from himself. Also from National Geographic, some more animal related things. We have Animals Up Close with Birdie Gregory, which is going to be focusing on animals all over the world from Antarctica to Africa to South America. The last National Geographic show coming out is called To Catch a Smuggler Season 5 
and this is about dogs working in airports. <laughs> so okay. quite specific. It looks like this season is going to focus on JFK Airport. <laughs> so <Okay. laughs> kind of a fun show. I've never seen any of the previous Catch Smugglers. It's probably but... amazing what they find. All right. And then in Disney Junior, we have Doc McStuffins, the Doc and Bella are in. This looks like it's going to be a short series about a child who dreams of being a toy doctor. So she opens up a clinic in her home as a doctor for her toys. <laughs> it looks very cute if I'm being honest. <laughs> also for Disney Junior, we have Marvel's Spidey and his amazing friends season two, The Ghost and Molly McGee season two, PJ Masks and Power Heroes season one, and Pupstruction season one. So lots of fun little Disney Junior shows coming out. And also Disney has been releasing a lot of old time cartoons, like their cartoons from the 1920s, 1930s, and 1940s. So we have a lots more of those cartoons coming. So first we have two more Oswald the Rabbit cartoons, All Wet and Trolley Troubles. We have Bone Trouble, which is going to be a Pluto-based one. Mer Babies, which is kind of funny. It's literally like mermaid babies, okay. <laughs> which is so cute. Don't know what it's going to be about though. I haven't seen any of these old time cartoons. Mickey's Kangaroo, Playful Pluto, Pluto Jr. and The Barn Dance. And if you may be wondering why three different Pluto old timey cartoons are coming out, we can now transition into some Disney birthdays. That is because Pluto's birthday is September 5th. Okay. So lots of cartoons coming out just in time just for Pluto's birthday. Pluto. Yep, on September 5th. So if you want to celebrate Pluto, make sure you check out those old time cartoons Pluto first featured in. So, so fun. Yeah, but that is all we have for Disney news just to focus a little bit on just what's coming to Disney Plus. So what are you looking forward to the most, Mom? <laughs> No, I don't know. I guess the Little Mermaid. We can probably that's about the only thing. Oh, and the National Geographic. But some of the National Geographic stuff I like. But definitely Little Mermaid. Yeah, Little Mermaid. I'm a huge. I thought they did a great job on that movie, so I'd like to see it again. Oh yeah, no, we have a whole podcast episode too on that one. So if you didn't get to go see it in theaters, make sure you watch it when it comes out. You think we're sponsored? Obviously, this is not a sponsored podcast at all. But make sure you check out. I'm looking forward to seeing that again because I really enjoyed it when I saw it in the movies. I know, right? And so then then listen to our podcast, a whole deep dive podcast. That one was very much a comparative podcast where we compare the new movie to the original cartoon mm-hmm. movie and kind of pointing out the differences. And now we've actually forgotten a lot of the differences, so I'll probably just go into the movie and, and watch your funsies. But yeah, but that transitions into our last segment, which is our Disney memory. So do you have a Disney memory for this week's podcast? Well, the Disney memory is only every time we pass Morocco, they have the, what we forgot to mention is they do henna tattoos there. Oh, they do? I can't <laughs> believe I forgot the henna tattoos. I'm I so forgot sorry. all about it until I just realized my yeah. memory is um, henna tattoos and every time we pass That it, didn't come up on any of the websites I, I researched no, for this I, <laughs> I always go by and say, oh, I wish I had the time and the energy to sit there and get a henna tattoo. It would be really fun and to And every get time one. we say, next time we're going to do next it, time we're going to go get, henna get my henna tattoo. I think, I think we should, though. That's going to be <laughs> in the bazaar again. Like, once you go through the gate, you're really in the pavilion. They have yeah. the henna tattoos. Sometimes location does change. So just yeah, they used to sit right out by the lake. Yeah, it used to be by the lagoon. Um, now lake. it's in the bazaar. But so. every time we would go by, it's like a, a constant, like, go ahead, mom, go get your tattoo. Go get your no, tattoo. No, we should <laughs> do it. So I have I have real tattoos. I have five actual tattoos. The henna tattoos are very different, though, of course. There's also certain religious aspects to henna tattoos depending mm. upon how you get them but we should get them i think next time we'll both get maybe like a little small henna tattoo or something i think that would be fun so all right next time we're getting hennas this is it okay. we're saying this on the podcast now we're going into summer just in time for winter when so, we can't see any christmas skin. yes we'll get them for christmas yeah well i'm gonna get but, a christmas themed yes tattoo, but, uh, but yes weird, but that was my but, memory is every time we go past morocco is that we talk about uh, henna tattoos i feel like my memory is really just when i need my cat morocco if i'm being oh. honest which is nothing yeah. new with the pavilion i know yes. if you watch my vlogs every time i go past the pavilion i always say it's like on oh, my cast maybe it's a pavilion yes Used to obviously I love my cat very much. Mm. I did adopt her. And I do feel like she looks like a Morocco. If I'm yeah, being she, really the name fits her. Yeah, it's because she's a tortoise shell. So mm-hmm. tortoise shell cats are usually black based, but they have a lot of different shades of brown on brown them. Like if someone asked me what color and, she yeah. is, mm-hmm. she's brown, but she's many different shades of brown, orange, and black. So it's like all these different colorings that kind of are like the desert at night. So it's kind of like the nighttime desert. Right. I mean, like I think tortoises are, are so cute. I think they're all really pretty. But tortoises do come with little tortitudes. Oh god, and it. she has tortitudes. Yeah, all tortoises are known for the little mm-hmm. attitudes, and she definitely has. Big attitude. Big attitude. <laughs> so, 
But I do love her Little body, much, big attitude. But yeah, as of recording this, we're recording this right now on August 23rd. But yesterday, August 22nd, was the day I first met her in the shelter. So I, like the foster mom, like the, the person taking care of her, brought her to the shelter so I could meet her. We met in this little room. And I remember holding her and I took a little photo with her. And I says, like, are you going to be my Morocco? Because I had already picked the name out for the cat I was going to get was Morocco. And I was looking for my Morocco. And so I remember picking up and looking at her little face being like, you're going to be my Morocco. She just looked at me. And yeah, then a few weeks later, she was my cat. And I've had mm-hmm. her ever since. Yeah, she was three months old when I adopted her. And now she's four. My little baby cat. <laughs> so... <laughs> That is my Disney memory. But yeah, anything else you want to add for this podcast? No, that's it for me. Yeah, well, thank you guys so much, everyone, for listening. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are currently Spaceship Earth Design everywhere, and I will also have that linked in the description below. Make sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are currently listening. If it's on YouTube, leave a comment below or make sure to like this video. And also let us know what you think of the Moroccan Pavilion. Is it one of your faves? Is it one that maybe you skip over because you don't really like Mediterranean food? Um, You're just kind of trying to rush to get to your favorite pavilion or something Mm -hmm. like that? Or is it always a must walk into must do must take photos of um, every time you go to Epcot I would love to hear because again the World Showcase is my favorite area in general of, of all of Disney World and specifically for the pavilions Morocco is one of my favorite ones though and I promise we're not gonna leave we're not gonna save my least favorite for last I will mix them in eventually I know I'm <laughs> starting out with all my faves at first but it's hard not to do your favorites at first though right. so I'll be able to let us know though I will have a dedicated Instagram post on our Instagram Spaceship Earth Design or again if you're on YouTube just leave us a comment below let us know what you think of Morocco Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Okay, bye-bye. All right, we'll see you all real soon.